This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. What up, folks? You are listening to the Paul Gallant Show, but he is on vacation, so I am filling in for him. It's your boy, Michael Bumpus. I want to... Welcome, you guys, to the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, in Washington, nah, in the world. How's everybody doing today? It's a beautiful day in Seattle. Once again, and the question of the day, first thing I'm going to ask you guys, what have you enjoyed the most about the M so far? I want you to text those in. Uh, We'll get on the lines a bit later, but what has it been? Has it been Mitch Hanniger's comeback? Now, this guy was playing at a high level in 2018, suffered some crazy injuries and set out for a while. Now he's back, and he's leading the charge with this baseball club. Is it Ty France's dominant start? Uh, There's some nicknames that we're going to talk about when it comes to France, but Mitch Hanniger and Ty France, they're one of the best one-two combos in the league, even a better one-two combo than the Dodgers have who are in town today. Or is it the surprising start of this bullpen? Now, we know Paxton went down, so they're going to have to lean on some younger guys. Marco started off struggling a little bit. Justin Dunn had his time. But since Paxton has gone down, this bullpen is allowing, it has, excuse me, a 1.51 ERA. That is the best in all of the league. I'll tell you what I'm enjoying the most. I'm enjoying Mitch Hanniger. Because every time I got a chance to root for a guy who's older, who people are kind of saying, all right, this might, he might be on the trading block. We might be able to get something for this guy. And then he comes out and plays well. It puts the organization in a tough position, but a position they want to be in. Do we keep this guy? Does he continue to be the leader for this team? Or do we try to get something out of him? My opinion, you stick with Mitch right now. I love seeing Mitch do his thing. And then Ty France, man. Ty France. I mean, I, I heard him speak post after the post game yesterday or during the post game yesterday, and he's attributing a lot of his success to Mitch Hanniger. He goes, look, man, Mitch is setting the table. I'm doing my thing. Um, I like the relationship that they have. If you follow me on Twitter, Michael Bumpus 5, uh, you see I put out a tweet. I'm like, look, they're the Bash Brothers. If, you, if you're familiar with the Mighty Ducks, <laughs> the Bash Brothers uh, vibe off of each other. They feed off each other's energy, and that's what I'm seeing. So to pay tribute to Mitch Hanniger right now, more, let's play that Mitch Hanniger two-run triple at the bottom of the fifth yesterday. Here's the pitch on the way to Hanniger, swinging a fly ball into center field. Backing up, backing up, straw to the one-eight track, still going back, reaches out, and it's off his glove! Ronnie third, heading home, down the stretch he comes, Trimmel, right behind him, Ronnie third, heading home, J.P. Crawford. The throw-in is cut off, Hanniger around to third base with a two-run triple. Straight away, center field. That ball kept going and going and going. And the Mariners have the lead. 3-2 to two over the Astros here in the bottom of the fifth. Mitch Hanniger doing what he does. But you know what I enjoyed most about that, Maura Dooley? Did you hear the crowd? There are people in the stands. And you have to think that these ballplayers feed off of that energy, right? Definitely. Feeding off the energy. Um, it's been a while since I've heard a crowd, a real crowd. Um, if you guys know, I cover the Seahawks. So I've been at the stadium, and it's empty. All that noise you guys hear, it's fake. So for Mitch to do his thing, two-run triple, to hear the crowd, to get them going, is awesome. But right after that, his boy, his bash brother, Ty France, two-run home run at the bottom of the fifth. Let's play that clip more. 
The 0-1 pitch, the France swing, and a fly ball deep to left field. McCormick going back to the one. He tracked to the wall, running out of room. Goodbye, baseball! Into the Astros' bullpen. Ty France with his third home run of the season. The Mariners have now scored four here in the bottom of the fifth and now lead the Astros 5-2. to two. Fifth inning, they got things going. I want to give Tramiel, um a big a big ups there because he started the party, and then uh, Mitch and Ty French kind of kept things rolling. But, again, that's a perfect example of a one-two punch, feeding off each other's energy, feeding off the energy at T-Mobile Park. So, you Mariners fans, you guys keep showing up. You keep doing your thing. Momentum is real, and these guys feed off of it. But also on Friday, a guy who was struggling a bit when it comes to hitting the, hitting the ball, Evan White. Now, we're hearing what – service and the organization is saying about Evan White they're saying look we're not we're not too concerned right now the kid is swinging at good pitches he's just not connecting well on Friday he got a hold of one let's listen to that one more here's the stretch and the 2-1 on the way swinging a drive deep to left field back goes Brantley looking up and goodbye baseball into the Astros bullpen Evan White with his first home run of the season has just tied this ball game at 5-5 to Way to go, kid. Nice to see and hear the kid kind of get out that slump and have some success. You guys, when jump shooters in basketball, when they're shooting the rocket is not going in, what do you have to do? Just keep shooting, keep shooting. That's what this guy has to do. He has to just keep swinging the bat, be intelligent at the plate, be patient, wait for your pitch, and then do your thing. That's what I'm seeing out of him. Now, I mentioned the bullpen earlier. This bullpen is the best bullpen bullpen in the MLB right now, and Scott Service had some things to say about this bullpen. I don't know about you guys, but I think it's pretty fun. <laughs> it's fun to watch. Uh, I think as our uh, fan base is getting to know some of our young players, and you know, as excited we are about our young guys, it's the guys at the top of the lineup, the Hanegers, the Seegers, and what Ty France has done um, here early in the season. It's been so fun. So. Uh, I don't think anybody should turn the TV off early in our games because uh, if we can, if our whole, if our bullpen can hold them down most nights, we will have a chance to come back in the ball game. You guys don't sleep on them. Don't change the channel. We, we've learned this year that if these manners are down, it doesn't matter. At some point, they're going to get hot. They seem to settle down, calm themselves down. Um, they've gone through a couple times in a rotation and, and have seen what these pitchers have to offer. And then at some point, either Mitch, Ty France, we've seen JP get things going, Tramel get things going. Someone is going to kickstart the bats. And that's what we've seen over the past what, three or four series out of this team. So I love to see it. I talked about that one-two combo and Mitch Hanniger and Ty France. Service also had to had a couple things to say about those two. Those guys are really swinging the bat well, you know, both Hanny and France. But Evan White's had good at bats. Uh, nice to see Taylor Trammell get a knock today. JP continues, you know, getting on base, setting it up for those guys. So, again, we're going <laughs> to ride the, the Hanny-France uh, train and then Sieg's at the top as long as we can. But – Guys know, you know, as we get comfortable and we get starting to settle in a little bit, you know, that lineup will start to get a little bit longer here too when when Kyle Lewis joins us. Confidence. You know, there's content in what he's saying, but there's also a confidence in things that he's saying, and that has to ooze out to his players as well. We talked about Ty France. Now, what are we going to call it when Ty goes yard? All right, there have been a lot of – well, we did the Danny Gallant show before this show, and uh, Danny posed that question, like, what do we call it? And one of the great names that I've heard was French, t- French Toast. Excuse me. He goes yard. It is French Toast. Now, his trot, his trot after the home run, which is a good one, 
Uh, his home run trot is the French Revolution. If you have any comments or ideas of what we call Ty France and his play, go ahead and submit those to the text line. Oh, what's another one out here? That pitch was sent on a tour de France. I like that one, too. Tie one on, especially for solo home runs. I like that one as well. My suggestion was the Mai Tai. During the summer months, because Mai Tai is a summer drink in my opinion, during the summer months, hey, June, July, August, Ty France goes deep, goes yard. Mai Tai's half price at T-Mobile Park. I don't even know if they serve those things at T-Mobile Park, but hey, you got to use that market, man. This is a, use a, that marketability that Ty France has here. Also, probably my favorite one, it's F-bomb. <laughs> he goes deep. That is an F-bomb. It's perfect. It fits. more. which one's your favorite so far? Yeah, that one was pretty good, especially because they noted when you drop a swear word, you say, pardon my French. <laughs> oh, oh my. <laughs> um, I liked the one that someone sent in that said, get out the baguettes and gray poupon, Grandma. <laughs> you guys are getting creative. <laughs> I want to hear from you. Text. We're going to open up the lines here in a little bit. We got the French Connection. We have French Fried, Tour de France, what I just mentioned. Uh, we have the France Prance. There are so many different angles and ways that you can go about this. I want to see how creative you guys are. Um, also, I want to mention J.P. Crawford before we move on. J.P. showed some emotion yesterday. And now, typically, baseball players are taught to reserve your emotions. You keep, them, you keep them bottled up, right? You don't really celebrate like football players or basketball players. But after J.P. scored on that Mitch Hanniger triple, he showed some emotion. And I'm going to say 12, excuse me, not 12, Mariners fans, if you were not there, I think he would still show emotion, but not as much as he did. It's electric. You guys affect the game. I need you guys to show up to, tonight against the Dodgers and affect the game as well. All right, now. Let's reset this thing. The most interactive sports talk show in Seattle is brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. Let's see what's trending. All right, first up here, Bump. The Dodgers now come to town for a two-game series with the Mariners. They come in with the best record in MLB at 13-3. and Oh, the Dodgers are coming to town. You just took care of the Astros. People could say, oh, they didn't have five of their guys. Altuve wasn't there. We don't care. The Cheaters came into town. The Mariners took care of the Cheaters. Now you're moving on to the defending world champions, the Los Angeles Dodgers. The good thing about this is that they're not going to face their true aces. You got Dustin May on the bump tonight. For the Mariners, you have Justice Shetfield. This is a nice barometer, another barometer. You go from a, a organization that has tore you guys up for the last couple years, I believe they're 20, what are they, 25 and 4 against the Mariners in their last 29 games. They took care of them. Now, let's see what you do against the Los Angeles Dodgers, the, the organization that's going to buy whoever they want to. They are going to be competitive, have been competitive over the last few years. How are they going to handle this? It's got a 7 o'clock start tonight, I believe. Uh, it should be a good one. I am a Dodgers fan. People always ask me, who am I going to root for? In this situation. about to ask where your loyalties lie here. You see? You know what I'm going to do more? I'm going to sit there and just enjoy it. Whatever happens, <laughs> it's a win. It's, it's too early in the season. This doesn't have playoff implications. I'm just going to sit down and watch the game and enjoy it. If the Dodgers win, all right. If the Mariners win, okay. It makes our day tomorrow a bit easier if the Mariners win. Uh, so either way, more. I, I, I'm good either way. I know that's the safe way to go, but that's honestly how I feel about this situation. So what else we got? For you. Yeah. 
All right, next up, per Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic, uh, she tweeted out, so the Rams converted a Malibu beach house into their draft war room and will be operating out of it for this year's draft. And then in parentheses, <laughs> a sentence I can't believe I just typed, your move, Cliff. <laughs> uh, so this is a clapback. This is a clapback to what Cliff did last year. He, um, If you guys remember the picture, he's sitting on his couch with some loafers, no socks, vaulted ceilings. He has a fire going on outside in Arizona, which I don't get during the day. But, hey, whatever floats your boat. It looks like um, a GQ shoot. Yeah, it's a GQ, right? He's flexing on them. So what do the Rams do? It, it's probably not response to that, but we're just going to we're gonna play with this. Uh, they say, look, we're going to Malibu. We got a beach house. Now, I was on with Danny earlier, and Danny just called it soft. He goes, L.A. is looking soft right now. You're in a Malibu beach house making decisions for your football club. My opinion is, hey, whatever keeps you calm and gets you in your zone. If it's at a beach house, okay, be at a beach house. If it's in a warehouse, you be at a warehouse. If it's in your kitchen like Bill Belichick did last year with his puppy on the table, you be in your kitchen with your puppy (laughs) on the table. (laughs) Whatever allows you to make good decisions, you make good decisions. Flip side, we don't want them to make good decisions. So maybe them being in Malibu at the beach house, chilling, sipping Mai Tais, <laughs> and, and making picks will deter them from picking up a couple good guys. I don't know. Well, I'm searching for something here. End of the day, we don't want the Rams to do anything. We don't want them to have a good, uh, a good draft. So if they're at the beach house and it affects them, I'll take it. L.A.'s looking soft right now, though, more. LA's looking soft. Does I mean, this change your perspective you, of the Rams? I guess when you never have any first-round draft picks, you might as well get comfy the first day, right? <laughs> you might as well get comfy <laughs> because you trade off all your first-round picks anyway, so you're not going to be doing anything. You know what it is? It's just going to be a party that first day. They're going to yeah. get together. Just hang out. Let's get to know each other. You got new guys on the coaching staff. You got some new players. Let's just get together, hang out, get to know each other. I'm from L.A., and I must tell you that um, – this is this this isn't a good look for LA. But it is what it is. All right, let me remind you, this hour of the Paul Gallant show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. All right, so now it's time for you to be heard. I want to hear from you guys. I posed a question to you at the beginning of the hour. What have you enjoyed the most about the M so far? And we've gotten a couple responses, but if you want to call in, here's the number 206-421-3776. Call in, text in. I want to hear from you. I'm going to the text lines. Here we go. What we got? First one, bump. Best part, this is from the 360. Bump, best part of Mariners is their level of fight seems to match the season's moniker watches rise. Hey, I like that. There's fight in this team. They've been down several times. They've climbed their way out of it. They got their bats going. The bullpen is doing their thing. Marco and Justin Dunn figure some things out. You got LJ coming off the, out the bullpen and holding things down. It just feels right right now. It just really feels right. Okay, from the 206, Ty Francis' defense should be called. <laughs> I'm not even going there. All right, here we go. What else on the text line? Text me. What do you think about these M's so far? Me personally, I think that they're riding the wave right now. I think that. Um, things are working in their favor, and they still have some pieces to be added. We're hoping maybe we see Kyle Lewis tonight or tomorrow against the Dodgers. What does that do to this baseball team? Gives them another bat, gives them another athlete in the outfield. We'll see what they do. All right, 425, McVay needs to pull out his own wallet, not be rocket mortgages, uh, curse word. (laughs) Why, Why should he pull out his own wallet? Rocket Mortgage, if Rocket Mortgage wants to sponsor anything the Seahawks are doing, I bet you they're going to let them do it. 
It's all about it's all about funding. All right, you you get your money where you can get it. I'm not mad at McVeigh for. Um, and it probably wasn't even his decision to have Rocket Mortgage plastered all over the Malibu Beach House. But no, nah, you can't be mad. He's not pulling out his own wallet. What they, they pay him to make the decision. He doesn't pay them so he could be there. That's not how this thing works. All right. Uh, what else we got? Tell me what you think about these M's thus far. Here we go. French fried sounds more like a line drive double to me. That's when, in reference to what we're going to call Ty France when he does anything awesome french fried i do like that french fried i can see that i can see a line drive boom crack off the bat getting the double french fried i like that i like that the french kiss is another name that we have for ty france maybe after he hits a bomb french kiss boom i like it um ty namites that's a new one more ty namites how do you feel Ooh, about I that like one that. yeah Gosh, that's creative i love how creative our listeners are yeah, you got you guys are engaged. You are locked in. I'm feeling you right now. What else you got? How do you feel about the M so far? Uh, the best part of the show, uh, I can't read that. What happens? What happens when Kellenick and Rodriguez are ready to come up? Who do they even send down? Good question, and a decision that's going to have to be made by the organization. That's a tough one, but you want to make those tough decisions. If it was easy, if Kellenick and Rodriguez came up and they already had two guys ready to be sent down, no thought about it, then um, that would tell you where this team is right now. But I think it's going to be a difficult decision. If they continue to trend the way they've been trending now, I'm talking about these Mariners, uh, that's going to be a tough decision. Tough decision. Okay, I got one. This isn't a, a M's question, but someone's talking about my, uh, my golf game, so you know i gotta, I gotta, I got to answer that more. What club do you hit in the first hole at Echo? Whoever that is, 425, I go with a 5-iron. I play from the Blues. Hope that helps you out. All right, what else we got? Um, we have, team- have a, a little bit of breaking news here, not great news for the Seahawks. Uh, it looks like there is an arrest warrant out for Alden Smith in New Orleans. He's wanted Goodness for, for second-degree battery that occurred on the evening of April 17th, 2021. <sighs> All right, so with that news, there's one thing I've learned these past couple of weeks, I would say more. We have to wait it out, right? Because we thought about the Aaron Donald situation, and we're like, what? what is that guy thinking? What is Aaron Donald thinking? He put hands on him, the video surfaces, and he's actually trying to help the guy. But this doesn't look good for Alden Smith. Well, and we had a similar situation last year with Quentin Dunbar, where it looked really bad at first, and then... It was very convoluted, but nothing ever came of it. The only thing with this is that, you know, Alden Smith does have a history of, of issues. So it's a little, a little worrisome. Yes, it is a little worrisome. This is what I was hoping didn't happen. Whenever you deal with someone who has a history, there's a possibility of this going down. But he was kept his nose clean for five years, did a whole season in Dallas, didn't get any trouble. But this services. I hope that he comes out on the right side of this thing. Uh, but if he doesn't, that gives more opportunity for someone else. Because with the addition of Alden Smith, somebody was going to lose their job in that defensive line room. At this point, if the rumors are if we're speculating, if it's all true, then uh, somebody's job is safe. Um, unfortunate. Um, don't want to hear stuff like that. But, you know, next man up. That's how sports go. Okay, what else we got? Two, five, three. The Mariners start is great. Just like when they started 13-2 and two or whatever it was, it won't stay. The Vegas experts know what they're doing. 
That's not very optimistic, 253. I feel you, though. They did start up 13-2. and two, But with that 13-2, and two, I never felt like this team was going to make the playoffs, really make some noise. They just had a favorable schedule. And they've played the Twins this year, a, a good baseball team. The Astros, they're missing five guys. I understand that. But this 10-6 and six doesn't feel like that 13-3. and three. This 10-6 and six feels like a legit 10-6. and six. The bullpen is going, and they're not even playing their best baseball yet. Moore, do you have the same feeling from that 13-2, and two, from 10-6? and six? Yeah, I, that they're not playing their best baseball yet? No, not at all. I think that that's part of the fun of having such a young team is that I think in the past we're used to the Mariners getting our hopes up and then tanking. <laughs> but <laughs> we should expect this team to grow and get better as the season goes along. I, obviously, some of the younger guys will have some ups and downs, but um, it's yeah, I have pretty good expectations that things are only going to get better for a lot of the team. Some of these guys have not reached their full potential yet. Only going to get better. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that same feeling more. I'm with you. Uh, back to this Alden Smith. 206 makes a good point. Probably exactly why Dallas let him go. He was good for Dallas last year, so there had to be a reason he was released. Maybe. We're speculating, but that's... Well, no, because this only happened two days after he signed with the Seahawks. Oh, oh, this is... Okay, well... This is fresh. This is fresh. 206, good theory, but we just proved that theory to be wrong. Alden Smith, I'm really disappointed in that one, man. I was was rooting for this guy. Moore, what's your favorite thing about this M's ball club so far? Oh, man. I... You know, Ty France is is the guy that's raking, but I think Taylor Trammell, just the the story of you know him making his debut, he got off yeah. to a hot start. Maybe it's tapered off a little bit, but he just uh, he seems like one of those guys. Maybe even if he's not hitting, he's kind of like the the heart and soul kind of guy for a team. He just has kind of an infectious personality. It feels like, and I I love watching him out there. I think he'll he'll uh, get back to where he was at the beginning of the season, and I he's just really fun to watch. I feel you. You mentioned fun to watch. That's the youthfulness of this group, right? Like every game, they're just happy to be there. They're looking forward to the grind. It's not like you got a team full of veterans who know they're good. They're like, look, let's just get through this season. Uh, once we get through the summer, we'll start taking things more seriously. This is a young team that's just enjoying life right now. They're, they're enjoying the ride. They're riding the wave, as I say. So that's probably one of my favorite things as well about this ball club so far. It's just a bunch of youth out there, and they're having fun. Yeah, and I okay. think they take it personally that people feel like they're still – not through that rebuild, and we shouldn't expect things from them. And that's where you see that, you know, resilience kick in. Yep, exactly. Uh, the 509 says the Giants are actually off to a great start, too. The M's have played decent teams and coming out on top. That's true. The Giants are off to a decent start as well. The Twins, uh, you beat the Astros or win that series. Now you got to take care of the big dogs. L.A. Dodgers are coming into town. All right, let me remind you, this is Michael Bumpus filling in for Paul Gallant on the Paul Gallant Show. Coming up next, we get into the sports pit with 710 writer Brandon Gustafson next on the Paul Gallant Show. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going you're gonna to fail. With Paul Gallant. Welcome back to the Paul Gallant Show. It's me, Michael Bumpus, filling in for my guy. Now we get into the sports pit with 710sports.com writer Brandon Gustafson. How you doing, B? Hey, I'm good, Bump. How are you doing? 
I'm all right, man. Hey, if you guys don't know, Brandon, you know, Brandon, I really appreciate you because I'll, I'll say a couple things on the show and then you put in an article and make me sound a lot smarter than I really am. So I, I, I appreciate the kind words, man. <laughs> oh, man, you're you're giving me too much credit, Bump. Come on now. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about these Mariners, man. They're ten and six. It's a it it's a good ten and six. It feels good, right? You got a lot of things happening, but the first thing I want to ask you about is this bullpen. I mean, did you expect this type of production out of this bullpen? Just overall feel about these guys. No, man. Uh, the last two years, that's been that's been a struggle for them, and that's something that happens a lot with rebuilding teams. Is you know they have some fun pieces in the rotation, they have some fun pieces in the lineup, but that bullpen is typically just a bunch of journeymen. They actually have some guys that could be some long-term pieces, but they've been on fire, especially these last few weeks. Uh, Kendall Graveman's been one of the better relievers just in baseball, straight up, um, pounding the zone. He's got a really nice slider that he's been really throwing more than he did last year when he was a starter. Uh, even Keenan Middleton, who's had some ups and downs, he's been pretty solid his last few outings. And I know people are a little down on Rafael Montero because of the blown saves, but overall he's throwing the baseball really well. And Kendall Graveman, after that first series win over the Giants, he'd said that the message that he sent to that bullpen, because he's a leader in there, was this team is going to go as far as we go. And so far, the bullpen has been exceptional, and it figures to get better going forward with Andres Munoz coming back from Tommy John. But, yeah, it seems like uh, that call's been right, that the bullpen's been on, and they've been winning games, and that's something that they need to continue going forward. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Now, the last time I felt – highly about this team brandon was a couple years ago they started off 13 and 2 and i had a texter say ah they went 13 and 2 and then they they fell off don't buy into it this 10 and 6 doesn't feel like that 13 and 2 what's the difference between the two teams i think a big difference between the two teams is when you look at that 2019 roster uh, you know other than like Kyle Seeger none of those guys are still on this team in terms of the starting lineup right yeah the, and the guys that are in this lineup are guys that figure to be long-term fixtures and part of the next team that ultimately makes the playoffs you know whether that's this year next year 2023 but you have long-term guys like Ty France who's hitting second for you he's playing DH and he's played a lot of second base this year JP Crawford uh, looks like he could be the shortstop of the future as well Taylor Trammell, he's had his ups and downs as well, but he's somebody that the team's really high on. So they got some guys that are on this team, not just in the uh, in the lineup, but in the rotation as well, who actually figure to be long-term parts of the plan, whereas back in 2019, that really wasn't the case. So this is a young team. They're really exciting. They play with a lot of swag and energy. I mean, J.P. Crawford, as he's rounding the bases and he's scoring yesterday, his helmet's flying off, he's flipping that off, and he's clapping his hands, you know. This is a team that's playing with a lot of juice right now, and it's super fun to watch. I like that. So this isn't a flex seal team. It's not a temporary fix. These are guys who we expect to be around and continue to perform. I like to hear that. So now they take care of the Astros. Astros had five guys missing. I don't care, B. I'm like, hey, they show up. We knock them down. And now they got the Dodgers coming into town. What can we learn from this team? Do they need to go out and, and win two games against these Dodgers? Or are we just looking at – kind of how they perform during these next two days yeah I, th- I think if they if they come away with even just a split i think that's a really good sign because this dodgers team is stacked and part of why they really need to go out and put on a good performance is they're avoiding the aces the dodgers have probably the best starting rotation in baseball yeah. they have three legitimate frontline starters in clayton kershaw they have trevor bauer who just signed the huge deal walker bueller 
Um, so they're avoiding those three guys. They get Dustin Maine, Julio Rios, who are two really good young pitchers. But just overall, that lineup is just stacked top to bottom. Mookie Betts is going to be a perennial MVP guy. Uh, Cody Bellinger, all those guys in there. So this is a team that, you know, this is, that's, this is the defending World Series champions. That's the place where the Mariners want to be going forward. So if they can go toe-to-toe with them and come away with the split, you got to be feeling really, really good, even though it's just a two-game series. Yeah, got to be feeling good. Uh, we're hearing that Kyle Lewis might make a debut tonight or maybe tomorrow. Um, if he does make a debut, uh, what should we expect out of the guy? Should we take our time um, with expectations because he is coming back from an injury, or do we expect him to hit the ground running and be the Lewis we saw last year? You know, you want him to obviously do the latter, right? Um, but a knee injury, especially somebody who's had a series of knee injuries like Kyle Lewis, you definitely want to be a little cautious. But just everything that we've heard from Jerry Depoto, who's come on our station, talked a bit. We talked to Scott Service every day in the media. And they, it sounds like he's really hitting the ground running. He's been doing great with his rehab. It sounds like the, he's uh, done some really good things in the cages and in his work. So, yeah, I, I think that expectations will be high for him. Uh, whether or not he's going to be able to hit the ground running is uh, totally different. But one thing is for sure that adding Kyle Lewis to that lineup definitely lengthens things because that top three of the lineup with Mitch Handiger, Ty France, and Kyle Seeger, they've been tremendous all year long. But after those three, the Mariners have had some issues uh, getting guys on base, driving in runs with those four through nine spots. So adding Lewis to that top four, that's really going to help lengthen this lineup uh, especially, you know, hopefully he can get back tonight. I'm not sure if that's the case, but even if he just comes back tomorrow against the Dodgers team, that's going to be really helpful. Kyle Lewis, give these guys a boost. Okay, let's talk a little football. Hawks have a draft coming up. The NFL has a draft coming up. Hawks have three picks. Now, I, me personally, I assume them to move things around and, and get more picks, but if they don't, uh, what do they need to address right now? Are there needs, or do you think they're just kind of getting backups to, to fill in some voids? So something I, I look at with this roster is there really aren't a ton of holes. Um, I think that the three spots, though, that they do need to address are wide receiver, that number three spot. I think they need to bring a, another center in to compete with Ethan Posick. And then the cornerback room, I, I really like DJ Reed, and I think Akella Witherspoon, it's, I think it's a really big uh, confidence boost with him in that that was a guy that they were very clearly targeting from the get-go this offseason, and they have such a good track record with uh, – outside cornerbacks but those are the three spots i i'm with you i think that ultimately they do move down out of that 56 spot just to accumulate picks i mean this is john schneider man since 2010 the dude the the fewest picks this guy's made is eight he's going in with three right now you know i don't see him making a pick trading or you know trading somebody right now to go get more picks ahead of the draft that could obviously change during the draft but i see him trading out of that 56 accumulating maybe one or two more picks and trying to wind up maybe in that six or seven range. But I think they really need to come out of this with another receiver to compete with Freddie Swain. Uh, I'd like to see them use that first pick on a center personally to uh, try to compete with Ethan Posick. And then they've had great track record success with those late round uh, cornerbacks. So there looks like to be some guys maybe in that fifth or sixth round range that could come in here and maybe surprise some people. It's nice that they have options. With only three picks so far, it still feels like there's nothing that they just desperately need right now. So I, that, I got a good feel about that. Now, real quickly, Alden Smith, DN from Dallas that signed with the Hawks a few, what, a week ago or whatnot. Um, he got himself in some trouble. A couple of days after he signed, he's down to New Orleans, gets in uh, a bit of trouble. But we've learned, dealing with Dunbar, 
um, and other situations, not to jump to conclusions, but it has to be discouraging to know that he got himself in a bit of trouble again. Oh, yeah, and it happened, I think, two days before or after he ended up ultimately signing the deal, so right around that time frame. Obviously concerning, especially a guy with a track record like him. You know, you brought up Quentin Dunbar. That dude had no issues that we knew about regarding the law uh, before he came to the to the Seahawks. But Alden Smith, that's a totally different boat. He has the history of substance abuse that it looks like he's been trying to get under control. He has some off-field stuff in terms of domestic violence. He had an issue at, at an airport where he like called in a bomb threat or something like that. He's out of the league for four years uh, because of uh, self-inflicted issues. So it's obviously concerning because when you look at it from an on-field perspective like we try to do, he's somebody that fits in really well. They want to get back to that pass rushing rotation like they had in their heyday in 2013 and 2014. But, yeah, just looking at it from a personal standpoint, obviously you hope that Nobody uh, is hurt or has any major issues coming out of this, but obviously it's innocent until proven guilty, both uh, in the court of law and uh, obviously the NFL is going to be doing their investigation. I'm sure the Seahawks will too, but hopefully it's nothing serious and uh, it gets resolved pretty soon here so we know what's what's up going forward. Very unfortunate. Um, Sorry to hear it. Brandon, I appreciate you taking time out of your day in the sports pit. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. See ya. Okay, that was Brandon. Now it's time for you to be heard once again. When I come back, I want to talk to you, man. Call in, text in. Let's talk about some things. What do you expect out of this Mariners group? What are your thoughts on Alden Smith? We just got some news about the guy. That's 206-421-3776. Hit me up. Talk to you in a minute. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to the Paul Gallant Show. It's me, Michael Bumpus, filling in for my guy. And uh, at the beginning of the show, I asked you a question. I want you guys to text, call in. What do you what are you feeling about these M's right now? Let, let's have a, a family conversation. How do we feel about the M's right now? Also, we just got news that Alden Smith got into some trouble in New Orleans. Um, secondary battery. We'll see what that means. We've also learned that with the Dunbar situation, with the Aaron Donald situation, can't jump to conclusions, but we can say this doesn't look good. And unfortunately, this is something that's happened with Smith in the past. So the Hawks really got to look into this. I hope everything works out for the team, especially the man himself, because he is a man. All right, now, if you want to be heard, if you want to text in or call in, the number is 206-421-3776. And right now we're going to line one, Tucker from Snohomish. What's up? How's your day going? I'm going well, man. Snohomish, you're right down the road, man. I'm in Monroe. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, I know I'm pumped about the manners. I think the the thing that's biggest uh, encouragement is the pitching. Obviously, the starting rotation is looking a lot better after the first week. But the bullpen, obviously, is the biggest encouragement. Um, my question for you is, what do you think Kyle Lewis is going to be in the lineup when he comes back? Do you put him in the three-hole, put him in cleanup? Because one through three hitters been so well. So I'm kind of curious where you think he should be. Yeah, I think you leave one through three alone. Uh, you got to go at the fourth spot with the cleanup. The The bottom half of that lineup has been struggling a bit. We've seen Evan White have his struggles. He did homer on Friday. You got Dylan Moore has had his struggles, uh, but he's produced as well. Uh, Tramiel's still trying to fill things out. You need something to kind of kickstart that, and I think the perfect spot would be that fourth spot. Um, if the Mariners 
can get that second half rolling, this team could be even more dangerous. I mean, we're seeing these guys hit with power early in the lineup, and they kind of fizzle out when the other guys come in. So I'm looking at that four spot. Where would you put them? Where you want them? Yeah, I think the same. Yeah, I'd put him in the four spot. But immediately, i put him in the four spot. But if Seager starts not hitting as well, then I'd slide him into the three spot and put Seager at cleanup. There we go. We got a plan, Tucker. Hey, I'll email service in the, in the guys and let them know what we're thinking. There we go. Love it. <laughs> All right. Have a good one, man. All right, going back to the text lines. Let's go. 360 says, let's go, M's. I'm excited. I know all the other teams are just getting started and figuring things out, but why not make the turn after the first quarter of the season with a winning record? These guys are fun to watch. It's been a long time. I agree. They're off to a hot start. Let's just, let's just keep this thing going. Keep the good times rolling. Have a winning record. It's all about progress. It's all about production. It's all about guys getting healthy, pitchers doing their thing, the bats getting going, and we're seeing a little bit of everything. Now, they've been inconsistent at certain spots, but what we can agree on is that this team has a bright future, especially with that young talent. Uh, 253 says, bro. The Alden Smith news just killed the vibe, right? Low-key killed the vibe, but still, we don't know yet. We're not sure. All right, let's go back to the lines. We got Evan from Piala. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem, man. Thanks for calling. Hey, so I just wanted to get kind of your opinion here. Um, maybe I missed it. You already said it. But with the whole Alden Smith thing, when we got him, I mean, me personally, I was very excited. It was one of my favorite um, pickups just because I know – the talent he's capable of and what he can do on a football field. I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on what you think about this and if you think um, this will be a huge loss or not that big or kind of what your opinion is um, if he can't play for the Seahawks in uh, 2021. Yeah, Evan, I'm with you. I, I shared that excitement because the first thing I think about are his first two seasons with the Niners where he had 33 sacks. Like, There's no denying what this guy was. He obviously has lost a step or two because that's what father time does. But, no, I was excited. Before he was signed, I was already excited about the Kerry Hyder signing, about Dunlap coming back, um, about uh, Puna signing. I, I felt good about this defensive line, but with the addition of Alden Smith, I thought now this group can be elite. If something happens, if he goes through the legal process and he has to sit and the Hawks release him or whatever happens – I'm still optimistic about the line, but they're definitely not as deep as they would be with Alden Smith. Let's remember, still have Daryl Taylor. Yeah, guy didn't play last year. Let's see what he does. Will he be able to fill a void? It's definitely disappointing, but the Hawks were not depending on this guy. It was a great pickup, but they weren't depending on him. So um, if you have to move on, you have to move on. But again, end of the day, I hope this everything works out for him as a human being. All right, line three, we got Marshall from Linwood. Hey, how's it going? Going good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, can't help but think that uh, even if something happens to Alden Smith, it might be a good thing to get some of these young guys in and get them developed. I mean, we got Darrell Taylor, who could be a stud. We got Alden Robinson, who played pretty good last year in the limited snaps. Pair that up with the old guys like uh, Hyder and Dunlap, Puna. I mean, you could, you got to think that we got to get some of these young guys developed, right? No, I'm with you. I 
and that's there's two ways we can look at this, right? So with Alden Smith, a young guy is going to lose reps, but then he ha- also has a chance to learn from a guy who was elite at some point. Now with him being gone, now those young guys or a couple young guys can be thrown into the fire and learn that way. Either way, these guys were going to learn, whether it was by watching and getting reps or being thrown into the fire and doing their thing. I, and the great part about that is guys learn in different ways. Me personally, I, was, uh, I had to see it first on the board. I see it on the board, boom, then I'm going to go out there and execute it. Some guys just need to be thrown out there and and – see if they sink or swim. So I'm sure it's going to benefit some and then it's not going to benefit the others. Either way, guys are getting reps and there's no way to replace uh, getting reps. So there's pluses and minuses, man. Hey, you got to, you got to be that way in football, man. (laughs) You have to be optimistic at times because guys are going to get hurt. Things are going to happen. Uh, But yeah, I, I feel, I feel your pain and your, your optimism as well. All right, this is what we got. How, let's go uh, one more. 208 says, how do you think the Hawks are going to use Gerald Everett? Would like to know how he was used during his time with the Rams. I'm excited about Gerald Everett. I think he's going to put his hand in the dirt. He can be a blocking tight end. I also think he can release with his hand in the, in the dirt. You can also move him to the slot, get matchups with outside backers and safeties. The guy can run. The guy can run. Also, I've seen him play outside. I saw him play against uh, Shaq Griffin, and Shaq Griffin gave him a five- or six-yard cushion. Now, their defense is a deep third defense, so they want to keep everything in front of them. I'm talking about the Seahawks. But when you're giving a tight end that much cushion, that lets you know you respect what he can do. I think he's a good route runner. I think that he has good hands. I think he's a good blocker. He does everything well, and I'm hoping we haven't seen the best from him yet last year he had about 400 yards four touchdowns for the Rams we used a lot in crossing routes I want to see more of that this year with the Seahawks but sadly our time has come to an end today I've uh, filled in for my guy Paul Gallant I want to thank thank Brandon Gustinson for coming on talking baseball a little bit of football as well I want to thank Maura Dooley for holding it down like she usually does and I want to thank you guys the listeners the texters tune in tomorrow and Wednesday I will be here at the 10 o'clock hour and on Danny and Galat but now I'm going to pass it over to two of the best in the biz Jake Heaps and Stacey coming up next